1: Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your start for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo.
0: Hello, Andrew.
1: How are you doing, Monica?
0: Pretty good. Pretty thankful for my health.
1: I just found out I have 30 days to live, but I'm not worried. Can't stop me.
0: Keep going, then.
1: This is episode number 75 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Dallas Buyers Club. As always, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at three three six seven nine three two five zero nine. 793 2509 We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio, focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies. And each week, we release an episode in two parts, the first part, which are listening to right now is a 10 minute long spoiler free review of the film that way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out the second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers so if you've already seen the film and you would appreciate that type of conversation about what works and what doesn't definitely listen to part two this week we were going to be discussing Old Boy, but then turns out it wasn't playing in quite as many theaters as we thought, and we've got a guest coming on in part two uh, that that we've been trying to get on for a while, and it was looked like it would be inconvenient for us to do Old Boy. So we're going to be talking about Dallas Buyers Club, uh, which was released in select cities a few weeks ago and has slowly been expanding across the country. It's playing in most markets now. So, Monica, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners what this movie is about?
0: It was directed by Jean-Marc Vallier and was based on a true story. Matthew McConaughey stars as Ron Woodruff, a Texas electrician who is told he has 30 days to live after being diagnosed with AIDS in 1985. Unable to get the medication he needs, he starts smuggling unapproved drugs into the country and selling them to other AIDS patients in a business scheme he calls the Dallas Buyers Club. But when law enforcement and the FDA discover what he's doing, they decide to step in and put an end to it, even though thousands of lives are at risk.
1: Here's a clip Walker, Dorset, Walmart, Newsom, Jeff Co. These are patients.
0: Yes, sir.
1: They're also the names of players on the Dallas Cowboys. I don't
0: know. That's a hell of a coincidence, isn't it? Isn't this a little ridiculous? He said it. Can you prove these are patients? Can you prove they're not?
1: Okay, Monica, this movie's been getting a lot of critical buzz. What did you think of Dallas Buyers Club?
0: I think it's pretty well-deserved, that critical buzz. I thought the acting was superb. Um, Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto, who also plays another fellow AIDS patient, are incredible in this, and they just feed off of each other's energy so well. It was just so entertaining to watch. And what Matthew McConaughey does to get into this role I don't want to know because it's kind of—he kind of looks scary. He does not look like the hunky guy from the early two thousands.
1: Yeah, he kind of went the Christian Bale and the machinist. Yeah, route big time here, or maybe Michael Fassbender in *Hunger*. He looks so thin. Yeah. it's it's His scary. His eyes
0: look sunken. Like it is scary.
1: I agree with you. Uh, the performances are, are spectacular, and overall, this movie is a lot better than I was expecting. I was expecting this to just be really melodramatic, overly sentimental Oscar mm-hmm. bait.
0: And it totally could have been.
1: Right, like, hey, look, here's this uh, true story. Look at how inspirational it is. We're going to make you cry. This this has Oscar written okay. all over it. And thankfully, while it's it's definitely an emotional film, director Jean-Marc Vallée, I, I think, doesn't really push that too hard. He just kind of lets events unfold on screen and there are some really key moments here where i was just kind of blown away by how restrained mm. he was
0: see in other times i felt like he just kept going too much like there were there were moments where i just wish you had a little bit more time to breathe to just take in like the enormity of some situations
1: well right right and that's because there are major things that happen that sometimes he'll they'll just happen and then suddenly yeah. he moves on and I kind of like that, though, because it, it, it almost made it seem like for, for this guy, Ron Woodruff, in his life, he's dealing with so much stuff. He's already had to deal with the fact that he only has 30 days to live. There's not really time to dwell yeah, on some it stuff. Be, yeah, there could be. What happens, happens, and, and you just move on. And I, re- I really liked that. And there's this whole uh, motif with mm-hmm. the rodeo running through the movie that uh, that opens and closes the film, and that idea of just hanging on for dear life, trying not mm. to get thrown off. And it seemed to me like the tone of the film kind of fit in with that. Like, he didn't want to send the film spiraling off into some really sentimental territory. He wanted to keep it as grounded as possible at all times. And I really liked that.
0: Or that Matthew McConaughey's character had a hold on for dear life.
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really was... Uh, impressed with how well everything was done. Uh, Jared Leto, as you mentioned, gives an incredible performance. Uh, it's also, we should probably point out, um, that Matthew McConaughey does not play a gay man in this film. He plays a straight mm-hmm. guy who is diagnosed with AIDS. The film touches a lot about how in the 80s, it didn't matter if you were straight, if you had AIDS, you reviewed viewed as homosexual. And
0: the prejudice that came with that.
1: Right, right. And Matthew McConaughey's character, he's kind of a homophobe.
0: Yeah. Well it's that super machismo like cowboy culture.
1: Right. And I think the movie did a really good job of presenting that and helping us understand how a guy this prejudiced in certain ways could eventually become someone who's smuggling in medication for homosexuals and, and other AIDS patients.
0: Well, it wasn't out of the goodness of his heart.
1: <laughs> that's true and that's part of what makes it work. It's not really this sentimental movie about, "Oh, we should just all love each other and get along." Yeah. It's really just about, "Hey, can we at least agree that we can all help each other?"
0: Truce, yeah.
1: Even if I don't really uh, like you or ag- or agree with your lifestyle, we can still help each other out, yeah. you know, and I, I like how it's a movie really just about community and how those bonds of community can can overcome our prejudices if we have a common goal. It, I mean, when when everyone's about to die and, and could die any day, it's hard to get hung up on petty little differences.
0: I recommend it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, Any other thoughts on Dallas Buyers Club?
0: No, in the in the wake of all the new movies that are going to be coming out that are weepies, that are trying to vie for that Oscar monies, this one's actually one that I think kind of deserves it, deserves the attention it's getting.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot, and uh, Jennifer Garner didn't annoy me as much as she, as she usually does, so that's a plus.
0: Yeah, she still was a little annoying.
1: Well, no, no, no. I Okay, here's when Jennifer Garner is annoying. Jennifer Garner is annoying when she's kind of being that ditzy rom-com. Uh, person.
0: No, here she's a doctor. She's a female doctor.
1: <laughs> I've liked her a lot more in recent years in movies like Juno, and now this movie where she seems like a regular working person. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think she does a pretty good job in this movie.
0: Okay.
1: As a doctor who knows uh, Ron Woodruff and strikes up a friendship with him.
0: And she's friends with a lot of other her patients, which I don't know if was also struck me as weird coming from having my own experience working in like hospitals and things like that like you're not supposed to do that no matter how emotional things get you can't just be all that close with them there is a doctor patient bound that you have to keep
1: not back then monica
0: i don't know man for
1: the good old days
0: maybe or is it because she's a she's a female doctor that she's all close and emotional
1: yeah she cares and i like those evil male doctors yeah That are just in the pocket of Big Pharma.
0: Which I really liked her boss, actually, for that. I thought it was totally disturbing when Ron Woodruff, um, like, confronts him in, um, like, the children's ward. I was like, oh, man, that's a hell of a scene.
1: Yeah, Dennis O'Hare... I love this guy. He's <laughs> appeared on American Horror Story. He had an arc on True Blood. I see him on TV a lot. And he, he's usually playing really evil, over-the-top bad yeah. guys. And he's great. I, I love whenever he pops up and stuff. Yeah. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for part one of this episode on Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, be sure to tune in for to part two for a much more in-depth look at the film. We are going to have... Uh, a special guest on to talk about it with us. Uh, We're also going to be having a bonus episode coming out uh, in a little bit uh, uh, with this guest in which we talk to him uh, more about his thoughts on criticism and his new book. Uh, I I hope you will tune into that. But uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing something, maybe? Don't know yet. There's not a whole lot getting a wide release next week, so we'll either discuss something else that came out this week, or maybe we'll just take a week off. We haven't decided yet.
0: (laughs) Or we have uh, Cinema Fix Overdose.
1: Yeah, we have Cinema Fix Overdose. We, we've got a bunch of stuff in the pipeline. The holidays and Thanksgiving have sort of thrown off our schedule, so maybe we'll just uh, take a week off to get caught up. But uh, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to us through iTunes, so if you like this episode, please write us a review. That really helps us get the, uh, the word out about the program. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place, The Nerdy Projectors, uh, The Briefing Room, which is our show all about the third season of Homeland, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, which is all about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. Monica, where can people find you online?
0: People can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at movies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. And they can also find my work reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at B O F C A. Com.
1: You can find some of my writing at moviemezzanine.com and patheos.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I'll follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And i